Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, everybody. Just a note from me, Rhiannon, to say that my new supplements company, Hurrah, is finally here. It's taken years to get this off the ground. Retrition Plus is evidence-based, rooted in science, focused on you, and we offer vitamin D sprays, folic acid spray, and a vegan multivitamin. So head over to retritionplus.com for supplements you can finally trust. Hello! Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Food for Thought. This is the podcast that's on a mission and it's going to equip you with all of the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, Sunday Times best-selling author of The Science of Nutrition. Please go check out my new book. I think it will help a lot of people out there. And founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. Now, in each of the 12 episodes, I'll be joined by guests, all of whom are experts in their field, which is wonderful. So together, we can all learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted experts advice. The supplements industry is booming, but in a sector that can be confusing to health professionals. I mean, understanding what we should and shouldn't be taking is becoming so complex more than ever before. So in this week's Food for Thought, we are going to be talking with consultant dietitian Sophie Medlin, where we delve into what supplements are worthwhile and break down the pseudoscience surrounding so many of the others that you just don't really need to be taking. Hello, Sophie. Hi, Rhiannon. How are you? Hello. I am very well, thank you. I mean, I'm a bit sleep deprived over here, but standard <laughs> parent life, I go. Um, how are you this morning? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just jumped out of clinic to come record with you, so all good. Oh, well, we're so lucky to have you. I think we should jump right in with the fact that, I mean, supplements, what a minefield, and I guess the quality of them, so they'll vary, won't they, of the vitamins and minerals. So how do, how do people know which ones are superior? Yeah, it's it's a difficult world. And the thing to remember, and we'll perhaps touch a bit more on this later, is that anyone can decide tomorrow to make a vitamin supplement and the manufacturers will be only too happy to do that for you. 
So we see lots of celebrities and influencers starting their own mm. supplement ranges with no checks by any healthcare professionals or anyone with any qualifications about whether that's safe and the doses is right or anything like that. So we just need to have an awareness that it really is the Wild West and mm. you do need to have an objective view over it. So a couple of things for consumers to look out for would be Who's on the team designing supplements? Do they look like someone trustworthy, someone who is qualified to do so, and someone who you think you would you know, reliably take nutrition advice from? And secondly, look for telltale things like bulking agents and other things that you think perhaps might not, might, you might not want to be in your supplements. So we often see things like chalk and talc and all sorts of different bulking agents in supplements. And particularly if they're at the top end of the ingredients list, that tells you that that, in, that supplement is mostly filler, mostly bulking agent. And so you're not getting a lot of good quality active in there. So those are a couple of things to look out for, but it is really difficult for general consumers to figure out which supplements are, are better quality and less good quality. Yeah, I think you raised a really valid point there that actually who is behind it? Because you said, you know, at the start, well, any influencer um, or... I don't know, yeah, celebrity from a girl band or a boy band or someone in the charts at the moment can release something, but do they have the qualifications to do so and who's working with them? It's a really good idea, I think, to look to look a bit further um, behind the promises, I would say, that are sold. Because there are supplements that actually we are advised to take, aren't there? So if you don't mind just giving a little run through on those and, and the benefits, Sophie, that would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So really importantly, particularly particularly in the autumn and winter in the UK, we all need to be taking vitamin D supplementation. Um, and the government guidelines are pretty low in terms of dose and you can feel free to come up a little bit from there if you want to. But ultimately, it's really important that we all take vitamin D supplementation in the UK between October and April. And that is because we just don't get enough vitamin D from sunlight during the winter months. Really, really importantly, the more melanin you have in your skin, so the darker your skin, the more you need to supplement vitamin D. So the less vitamin D you can absorb from sunlight. So if you are of darker skin, you definitely need to be taking vitamin D all year round in the UK because we just don't get the, the level of sunlight and we don't live the sorts of lifestyles that enable us to get enough sun on our skin in order to make sure that we're getting enough vitamin D. And of course, that affects all sorts of things from our ability to maintain muscle mass to our immunity and all sorts of things in between. So vitamin D is really crucially important. And so we do need to be taking that all year round, particularly if we have darker skin, but certainly during winter months for people who are of lighter skin. Um, the other things that I think there aren't general any blank in general any blanket recommendations on any other supplements that we should be taking. But if you are someone who's cutting out food groups, so for example, mm. if you're moving to more towards a vegan diet, for example, you do need to be thinking about those B vitamins, particularly vitamin yeah. B12, because it's just not available. And I always recommend that anyone who's not having two portions of oily fish a week is taking omega-3 because we are mm. learning more and more about how vital that is for our overall health, short-term and long-term, um, and how many benefits there are. And I, I would suggest in the next few years, we will have some clearer government guidelines on that. I really hope so, because I think omega-3 is something I still remember in one of my first ever lectures at university, my professor Simon Dial was so passionate about speaking about the benefits of omega-3 and he thought even back then everybody should be taking a supplement if they're not getting the fish. So yeah, I yeah, think I guess it's uh, watch, it, watch the space. 
Yeah, totally. And just on that note, I think if you are vegan or vegetarian, you need to be taking the algae supplements, not the mm. plant-based omega-3s, because that's the one, if we're using a, a plant-based omega-3, we have to convert that into the active form. So it really is the algae oil that you need, not the kind of linseed oils and things like that. Yeah, because the fish eat the algae, everybody, and that's how they get the omega-3. Um and I guess we should also touch on some other population groups because a lot of people listening will say, oh, well, you know, my, my grandma takes takes X, Y, and Z. And of course, if you're pregnant, then folic acid is so important. There's there's a lot, isn't there, also to consider with supplements. Yeah, absolutely. So there's lots of different kind of individual groups that definitely will need supplementation. So as we get older, really, really important to take care of our bone health. And so calcium supplementation becomes more important there. I mean, it's always important, particularly if you've cut out dairy, but it's generally more important as we get older. Um, and then when we're pregnant, folic acid, incredibly important for helping to make sure that the baby's nervous system forms properly and we don't end up with problems that can cause physical and mental disabilities. So folic acid during pregnancy is really vital, even in the preconception stage. And it's an interesting thing isn't it Rhiannon because men's bodies kind of stay roughly the same so it's really easy mm. to talk about men's requirements because they're pretty <laughs> much the same through their whole life but with women we have these complex life stages and postmenopausal and premenopausal and all these different phases where our nutritional needs fluctuate significantly so supplementation then becomes more important at different stages of our lives. I mean it it changes so much as we go through these different stages like you said and unfortunately isn't it true that blood tests with calcium are not always accurate so it's so important that we focus on the diet here as well for specific nutrients. Yeah absolutely so we can't detect uh, calcium deficiency or lack of calcium in the body from blood tests and the reason for that is that our bones act as a calcium store for us for our whole lives. If your calcium in your blood drops at all, then you have problems with your heart rate and heart problems and all sorts of, basically everything in your body shuts down. So your blood calcium is maintained very, very carefully by leaching calcium from your bones to make sure that there's enough circulating calcium for your heart mm. to keep beating, essentially. And I think we're really, you know, in this time now where we are going to have this epidemic of osteoporosis because... We have this period of time during our 20s up to our 30s where if our bones don't get as strong as possible, it really is downhill from there. And of course, the trend towards plant-based milks and without responsible fortification, without responsible messaging around how we can still make sure we get enough calcium and iodine and zinc and all these other things that are really important for our bones, that's going to have a huge impact on the long-term health of many, many people's bones Again, just because they then continue through our lives to act as a calcium store because so that we don't die, essentially. Mm, <laughs> and mm. uh, they just get leached. That, that mineralization gets leached every day when we don't get enough calcium in the diet. So it's going to be an interesting time in the next sort of 10, 15, 20 years to see the impact of that on, uh, on our young people's bone health. Oh gosh, scary thought. And it's such a dilemma, of course, because people are changing their diets for, you know, of course, sustainability reasons, the planet, but the nutritional information just doesn't seem to be cutting through. And I, I wonder, I wonder, I mean, this is a whole other topic or podcast, but I just wonder if it's because of social media or, or the government just aren't investing in registered nutritionists and dietitians to deliver these types of messages and campaigns. It's anyway, that's a food for thought in itself. Um <laughs> How do the bioavailability of supplements vary then, Sophie? Because there's a lot of discussion on should you be taking a spray or a pill, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, great question. So there, it varies enormously from in lots of different ways. So for example, the quality of the nutrients that are put into the supplement in the first place vary hugely. And the lower the quality of the, of the nutrients put in there, the less you're going to absorb from them, essentially. So we know the highest bioavailability of various different supplement forms. And then they're often not in those kind of particularly those high street brands. Those are the ones that generally lowest quality, unfortunately. And that's because in order mm. to get them on the shelves in Boots or in Tesco's, they have to really get that price point right down. And then the second thing to think about is that the presentation, as you say. So whether it's a spray, we now have transdermal skin patches of various different things, or whether it's a capsule. And I know one of the big capsule companies, they um, they are using technology to try and make sure that the vitamins don't, you don't get a repeating effect from having the vitamin. So you don't burp and taste it, which is unpleasant for people. Mm. But that means that some of the nutrients that are inside there are not going to be absorbed because they're not being released at the site of nutrient absorption, which is in mm. the stomach or in the duodenum for some of these nutrients. So yeah. even if you're spending a premium and you think you're getting something that sounds really good, ultimately, if they haven't got the right people on the team to say, well, iron is absorbed in your stomach and duodenum. So if you've encapsulated it and you can't absorb it, it's not released until your jejunum. No. You're not going to absorb it. And just it, so people gonna, um, understand, um, we're talking about the intestine. So du- duodenum, um, jejunum, all these, t- just these names. We're just talking about the process of the digestive system, basically. Just, exactly. to, just so to cut that in for people listening. Yeah, important to recognise that all different bits of your bowel and your digestive system do a different job in terms of absorption of nutrients. And some of them express receptors to absorb something like iron and some some bits of it don't. And so if you miss the bit where the iron receptors are to take it into your bloodstream, you're just going mm. to be excreting that iron that's in that supplement that you've probably paid a lot of money for. So it's just about, again, going back to that thought about who's on the team, who's designing these mm. supplements. Are they full of bulking agents and things like that? Or, or have they spent a bit more money on making sure the ingredients are better quality? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's so important. It's so much more complex than just just taking a pill, isn't it? It's um, and this again is why they should have health professionals behind these brands. But I guess there are also arguments to say that oral sprays in some forms are better. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's great data that the vitamin D oral sprays are as effective as tablets. So that's good news. We don't have data on all of the oral sprays that are available. That's become a very trendy thing. Um, And of course, what's happening if you're not absorbing that oral spray in your mouth, so in your sublingual, we call it, so in, in under the tongue, if you're not absorbing it there, then you're just going to swallow it. And then you're going to have, for example, B12 rich saliva that you will then absorb in the right places anyway. (laughs) So there's no harm in trying it that way, particularly if you're finding tablets inaccessible, so you're struggling to take them. Um, Mm. And that's the case for some people for sure. But and when I'm working with my patients, I generally give them a bit of an option, you know, do you want another tablet Mm. or do you want a patch? Do you want a mouth spray? What do you think would work for you? And that's something that we can, you know, negotiate in clinic and make sure that they're getting the right presentation for them as an individual. But we don't have the answers on all of these things in terms of how what we call is we call it efficacious, how efficacious they are in terms of Mm. absorption for certain nutrients. Yeah, no, exactly. Really, really well answered. And I guess um, let's start talking about if you're deficient in something and if you actually need to be supplementing. So what are the key symptoms that somebody may be experiencing if they are deficient in a, in a micronutrient? 
So obviously all of the different micronutrients have different presentations in terms of deficiency. So it's really hard to say these are kind of the blanket things that you'll experience with every nutrient. But some common things that people come forward with are things like fatigue and insomnia, Mm. things like hair loss or skin changes, things like mouth ulcers or angular chelitis, we call it, where there's sores around the corners of the mouth. If you notice that you're getting sick all the time, constantly picking up bugs, that can be a sign of nutrient deficiencies. If you um, notice, as I think I've said, hair loss and things like that, changes to your nails, either changes the shape of your nails or the quality of your nails. There are lots of things to look out for. We also know that mood changes, mood disorders, anxiety, depression, those kinds of things can all be linked with nutritional deficiencies. So if you are, it's basically worth, if you're having any of those kinds of symptoms, which you know probably fits 80% of the population, mm, it's yeah. worth trying to get screened or chatting to a dietitian or nutritionist about the quality of your diet. And, and really the biggest risk factors, as we know, is if you're cutting out food groups. So if you're cutting out any food groups, you are unfortunately, whether we like it from an environmental or ethical perspective, we are putting ourselves at risk of nutritional deficiencies, regardless of what the influencers or some of the medics might say, there are risks Mm. associated with that. So we do need to be conscious of that and keep an eye out for any of those signs and symptoms. Absolutely. And there's just such an array, as we said at the beginning, of products available out there now, Sophie. I mean these powders and concoctions, even protein powders now have added vitamins and minerals. And why do you think there are just, there are just so many? Yeah, it's, it, again, it is really the Wild West out there in terms of what you can buy. And, and one of the things that really frustrates me as someone who designs supplements and designs these kinds of products is when you go to a big company and they've kind of got five or six different products, they've all got extra B vitamins in them. Uh, say for example you're looking for a protein powder and it's got loads of B vitamins in it the reason they'll have done that is because they can make health claims on energy with B vitamins so often companies are putting things in so that they can make health claims about the product and I can understand why they would want to do that but then you're just meaning that you can't really stack products in a way that you might want to and as someone who recommends supplements quite regularly to my patients where they are required, I find it quite hard to find what I might call clean supplements that just have what I want in them without them having loads of other stuff in there too. So it's a challenge yeah. for sure, but it is about just trying not to stack two things too much and also just having a bit of a mindful view on the market. Why have they put that in there? It's probably just for mm. a health claim. It's not the other things in there that are working. And we've seen that a lot recently with these immunity products, you know, immunity boosting products. And they've just chucked some zinc in there or something that we do have a health claim on for immunity. And then that's what they're leaning on. It's nothing to do with the berries or whatever else they've crammed into the product. Yeah. And and it's fashionable, like like you said. And let's let's touch on collagen to start with. Fashionable, right? What are your views on on this area? Yeah, collagen is super trendy. So collagen is the, the main protein in our body, so across our whole body. And so when we take it, we're probably just going to, that's going to be diluted and taken to where it's needed, like any other protein is likely to be. That's our best understanding at this point. That said, there is some exciting data showing that collagen can be helpful. Collagen supplementation can be helpful in things like joint uh, problems and joint um, injuries and also things like tendons and that sort of thing. So we do have some interesting data around it's more more like it's healing properties than the things people are perhaps looking for, which is things like improved skin quality and that sort of thing. Aging. So ultimately, yeah. yeah, you might be doing yourself some good by taking some collagen. Also some nice data coming through about bone health and collagen. 
but mm. it's still early days and I would say ultimately with all of these things and the same goes for any other vitamin supplements and preparations focus on your diet first of all spend more money in the grocery store and less in the pharmacy and that's the best way yeah. to start with these sorts of things collagen is an exciting product and something that I think perhaps in the future you know if someone's got a bone fracture or recurring ankle injury mm. for example we may well be recommending it but I don't believe there's a world where we'll be recommending it for improving skin, you know, appearance anytime soon. And, you know, if they, these people that are, I mean, you see it everywhere of collagen that are marketing it as a beauty elixir or improve your skin or your digestion. Um, if you were to actually label collagen with may help your joints and improve your bone health, I'm sure it wouldn't be as popular. So it's, <laughs> It's just an interesting way of looking at it. Then there's creatine, biotin, um, niacin, lactoferrin. There's so, ma there's so many things that are getting the limelight. And creatine is an interesting one. But let's go in into the beauty area because would you mm -hmm. say that is where you're seeing a rise in, you know, supplements in general for people wanting to improve their appearance? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I would, it's really hard for me to say. So as someone who works as a consultant in the supplement industry, I don't get those kinds of projects because, and maybe mm. it's because of the way that I present myself and the things that I talk about, because I don't think it's important that we focus on beauty. I think it's much more important that we focus on things like mental health and well-being and energy and all of these things and, you know, controlling things like menopausal symptoms and some of these things that are actually important rather than appearance. And I do think there is a move within the, the, like general health spaces to focus on on health over aesthetics. But that said, I'm sure there is a huge market for beauty supplements and things like that. And the, the challenge is that the, the claims you can make about things on beauty are pretty limited. So if we think about something like biotin, for example, all you can say legally about biotin is that it maintains normal hair and it maintains normal mm. skin. 
And those aren't really things that people are particularly interested in. You know, that's not going to sell a, a £50 product. So it's a challenge no. if you're doing things correctly and legally. Um, but we see lots and lots of people obviously making illegal claims about their products and things like that all the time, um, which, you know, is their company's ethos. If, if that's what they want to mislead consumers, that's what they're choosing to do, you know. Oh, it's it's really it's really really sad, and you know powders aren't superior to foods. Let's just sum this up because I think a lot of the time people think, oh, well, if I'm taking my green powders in the morning, then you know I'm I don't need to worry about my I don't know my broccoli <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, ultimately that is an ultra processed food you've added into your diet there. Oh yeah, a really ultra processed food with a health halo. You're not going to find powdered anything in anyone's kitchen cupboards that's, you know, natural food sources. And I just think we need to have a view on that. And even things, you know, there's a real trend as well, as I'm sure you've seen towards meal replacement products, mm. drinks and things like that. And ultimately they are ultra processed foods, whichever way we try and kind of make them look better or feel better for ourselves. So just being conscious that those sorts of things can not only disrupt your, you know, your nutritional status, but also your relationship with food and all of these sorts of things too. Having powdered greens is no replacement for having real greens, which obviously also contain all of their amazing fiber and things like that, which is so important for our gut health. Mm. Also, when things have gone through a factory, the chances of all of their nutrients being maintained within them once they've been dehydrated and powdered and all of these things have happened are very very slim we're going to denature a lot of the important nutrients we, we i'm talking about things like polyphenols mm -hmm. which are crucial for our you know the benefits to, to for us to it's get the, the benefits part. from those yeah. fruits and vegetables yeah for sure it's um oh it's very worrying the um almost it's a bit philosophical sophie but i think the outlook and the way that modern society sees and views food is just so warped and confused um and it, perhaps it's on a subliminal level of messaging everywhere, what you know, what you consume in the media, online, everywhere you go. It, or also, I guess, an element of someone just wanting to do better and believing that these powders are the answer. And I guess we can apply this to the sports industry where we see a lot in the retrition clinic with sports supplementation. We will have athletes coming to us saying, I've been told to take, and they'll have a huge list. And yes, some sports supplements are so important, but perhaps you can give a little breakdown here on why, why they need to be so careful. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we see it as well, um, particularly in people who've been to alternative medicine practitioners mm -hmm. and have been sold a load of supplements directly where the practitioner is getting a backhander from those supplements. So really, there's no objectivity there. It's all financially driven, which is always a worry. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, with those sports nutrition supplements and things like that, again, it's about having a a view on how many processed foods you're adding into your diet that have got a health halo. So do you really need them or do you need some natural yogurt or something that's actually going to have the same amount of protein, but from a more natural food source and where you're also going to get the benefits or, or the other benefits of that, of the food itself. Of the calcium, the phosphorus, think, you're not just getting, yeah, and you're absorbing so. it all. <laughs> exactly. And I think that the challenge we have is that we all do lead busy hectic lives these days and people do have these aesthetic goals or their sports goals in terms of achieving a particular time on something or whatever it might be or they might be professional athletes and in that case I think it's really important to get that really specialist nutrition advice 
on what mm. you should and shouldn't be doing in order to get yourself there because we do run the risk of pumping our bodies full of things that are really not going to help us in any way um, but also that are very expensive and you know can disrupt your digestion and all sorts of different things so in terms of sports nutrition there are some things that we know are really helpful for most people most of the time but that's not necessarily going to be exactly right for you and yeah. the best kind of sports nutritionists and personal trainers I know have a sort of list of maybe four or five things they recommend yes. to most of their clients most of the time. But it's yes. certainly not a list as long as your arm and it's not bags and bags of protein powder and things like that. No, it's really not. For anyone wanting to read up on sports in the science of nutrition, the new book and it's out December 30 if you can read a page on this. But it's, Sophie's right. You don't want to be overloading your body because actually you can take too many supplements and it can become dangerous like you said we see a lot of gut um gut issues from people taking too many supplements sophie so perhaps you could go through the toxicity element as well yeah sure so we do need to be really careful about some nutrients more than others in terms of taking too much of them and again i think because companies are so keen to stack loads of these b vitamins for example into various different products so they can make health claims people can end up taking real like mega doses of some of these nutrients which ultimately for some of them isn't very harmful but for others can be really harmful and they can build up in our bodies so we have what we call a safe upper limit in terms of all nutrients and what we think is safe for people to take every day um, at a maximum level before people start to get symptoms and uh, get toxicity problems in their bodies um, but of course, that's not a perfect or exact science. So if you are a much smaller person who lives in a much smaller body versus, you know, a six foot five man who is doing lots of weightlifting and has a much bigger body, then obviously your nutritional requirements are going to be very different. So we do need yeah. to be really careful of this kind of stuff. And if you are taking multiple different products, the key is really just to make sure you're not doubling up on anything. So don't take some two different things that have got vitamin D in, for example. We know we can take too much vitamin D. Don't take two different things that have got vitamin B12 in it. Don't take two different things that have got vitamin A in it. Those fat-soluble vitamins, A, mm -hmm. uh, D, E, and K, those are the ones that really can build up in our bodies and cause harm. So just being really conscious of those sorts of things in particular is important. Um, and, you know, if you need some support and and rationalization of your supplement regime it's really worth speaking to a dietitian or nutritionist who can go through that with you in order to make sure that you are not doing yourself any harm because I mean I see it quite regularly I saw a woman recently who's got very high b12 because she'd been getting those injections from actually unfortunately from a um, naturopath getting mm. injection vitamin b12 injections and couldn't get her b12 down because her oh, storage God. of b12 is different to other people's oh. and she wants to get pregnant but her b12 is sky high and it's not very safe That's so there sad. are i guess my point is there are consequences to these things and we do need to be careful and aware of them and just because you can buy it doesn't necessarily mean it's safe or right for you or because on a high street shop or at these wellness festivals, I was speaking at one the other day and they, they had that awful um, where you sit down and someone injects you and just pumps you vitamins. Oh, Those companies, no. oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, it was there. And I was like, how on earth? And it's, it's all profit. It's all money, money, money. And, you know, like you just mentioned, it could affect someone's fertility. That there's so many areas here that people just don't realize. It makes me really sad. It is very sad. And, and are the fillers that people can add into these supplements dangerous um, or is it just that they're unnecessary? Is that also something people need to be wary of? 
Yeah, so obviously because I work in the industry, I had a we had a notification recently about titanium oxide, which is a commonly mm. added um, fill, not necessarily a filler. Sometimes it uses a coloring, sometimes it uses a filler in supplements. And we now don't consider that to be safe for human consumption, essentially. Uh. Um, but you will see it's not a mandatory thing. So they're now saying we recommend you don't put it in, but it's not mandatory that we take it out. And the vast majority of supplements you can buy on the high street will have titanium oxide in them. So just keeping an eye out for those kinds of ingredients is helpful. But I think there isn't, there's a lot of public interest in supplements, but there's not mm. enough messaging around what's good, what's bad, what to look for and what to avoid. Um, and it's a complicated world. So I think doing these kinds of podcasts and getting this kind of information out there is so helpful because it just gives people a bit more of a skeptical view on, on the market in general, I think. Yeah, and I think you, you're right. We need our inner skeptic to come out a bit more, I think, especially when when it comes to these sorts of things. And yeah, really question where you're purchasing these products from. Um, and remember that one study that someone's cherry picked doesn't always mean it's a good quality study, that it's even used more than maybe five or 10 participants in it. And they're using that to mm. back up their company. So everybody put your smart hat on and really question everything. Now we have got questions for you from our listeners, Sophie, today. Um, I'm just trying to pick out the ones that we haven't touched on um we've done protein powder but i would say let's start with annie she said is it true that folic acid will help me get pregnant no so there's no suggestion that folic acid will help induce pregnancy there is some good data on things like on certain bits of b vitamins so certain b vitamins and improving chances of healthy pregnancies and fertility and things like that and certainly any nutritional deficiencies can reduce your chances of conceiving and carrying a healthy baby because ultimately your body goes well there's not enough of that best not do this because your body mm. your baby's going to be a little leech as it's growing and take everything from you and if there's not enough around then it's going to be more difficult so it's really worth being clear and aware of what what is in your diet and what you might need to supplement and there are some really good preconception multivitamins on the market so really worth starting those if you are considering yeah. getting pregnant because it will really help you to improve your chances of conceiving but also um, just make sure that you're as healthy as you can be through that pregnancy but 100%. there's no guarantee that any of those sorts of things are going to help you and and you know get you pregnant quicker because unfortunately it's a very complicated thing pregnancy yeah it's so hit and miss and one thing to add that if you are looking for folic acid supplements they're the only supplements that actually have the trials behind them that say they prevent neural tube defects there's lots of types of folic acid and there's some emerging research that different types may be more bioavailable but ultimately that's the only evidence is that correct sophie that we have that says currently in the uk yeah. i believe yeah absolutely yeah. and uh, yeah and they've done a good job recently of, of increasing uh, fortification sorry of folic acid in food yeah. sources so that's positive yeah. as well yeah everyone out there that's 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 a good thing so that's a good thing we got fortification um juliet do children need to take vitamins or can they get everything from their diet Great question. So again, it depends on what they're cut, what they're eating or what they're not eating and things like that. We know that children sometimes go through really fussy eating phases where they really have quite a limited diet, but children are still generally pretty good at selecting foods that they will eat that have most of the nutrients that they'll need. So it's about having a view on your child as an individual child and what they're doing and what they're not doing at that time. 
I'm not a massive fan of giving children like gummy vitamin supplements and things like that. I think we're just sort of teaching Mm. them about sugar and that sort of thing in a way that's perhaps not very helpful. But ultimately, have a look. If your child is, is fussy and you're worried, there are some really great fortified children's foods, which are fortified with a really good range of vitamins and minerals so that you can be a bit more reassured that if they're having those sorts of things, they are getting what they need. Those sorts of things are children's breakfast cereals and those sorts of things which have got additional nutrients added into them which just give you a little bit more of a safety net if your child is going through a particularly fussy phase and they're really not eating very many Mm. foods at all or mostly Mm. junk food or less healthy foods do think about a vitamin supplement but think speak to your health visitor speak to your gp before you start you know picking them up off the shelf because we do need to still be careful about that market a hundred percent and under five everyone listening kids do need vitamin d supplements unless they're on formula and i think it's like 500 mils of formula or something a day then they don't because they're getting it in the formula milk depending on the age of your child the the nutrient needs it's yeah like sophie said speak to your gp if you're you're not sure and there's some great websites some early start nutrition and um on even on the nhs website you'll get all these answers straight away so that's a good one. Yeah, the um, NHS website is great for that, for sure. Is it? We are so lucky. Sometimes I look at it and I'm just thinking, we've got all this information to hand. People just need to Google, what about collagen NHS and see what they have to say because there's always something um, mm. out there. But the next one, let's go on vitamin C. We haven't actually touched on it that much. And Rach has said, um, vitamin C is always spoken about. Why is it not recommended by the government and will it help with COVID? Great question. Mm. So there is some interesting work being done, or there certainly was early on in the pandemic about high dose vitamin D supplementation during COVID, uh, people experiencing COVID on ICU and seeing if that's helping things. And there was some positive outcomes. The thing to remember is that vitamin C is used up very rapidly when we're having any kind of immune response. So we use it up quickly when we're fighting infections, when we're fighting viruses and things like that. So it stands to reason that we might need a bit more of it during those times. The vast majority of people, if you're certainly if you're eating five a day, will be getting plenty of vitamin C in your diet. So you don't therefore need to think about supplementation. And again, supplement too much supplementation with vitamin C can lead to things like kidney problems and that sort of thing. So we just need to be a little bit cautious of that. There's lots of... Um, trendy new different types of vitamin c's coming through i think probably because of covid like liposomal Mm. vitamin c and things like that and ultimately you know we've survived this long and pretty well without having to spend a fortune on vitamin c if you are you know that when we were younger or certainly probably even now my mum would say have a glass of orange juice if you've got a cold and things like that that extra vitamin c can be helpful and can shorten the life of a cold but not in mega doses that you might see kind of promoted online so just have a view of that as well a little bit more vitamin c if you do have a virus or a cold can be helpful in terms of shortening the length of the cold but there's no data that will help you prevent a cold there's certainly no data that it will help to prevent or manage covid so just be really really cautious about anyone who's selling vitamin c on any of those sort of fear-mongering basis around covid that's actually completely illegal at the moment yeah yeah exactly completely illegal and it's you actually get the amount you need if you eat your fruit and veg or if you you try to you're probably getting what you need a day anyway but a tiny bit oh, extra yeah, for like, sure. yeah like sophie said it's definitely helpful now we're going to go on to our fact or fiction round um there's some good ones in this one today sophie are you ready i am ready okay here we go uh question one if your wee is bright yellow then you're getting the right doses 
<laughs> so bright yellow wee means that you've got quite expensive wee um so that's certainly not true um it, it doesn't matter if your wee is colored by vitamin supplements that you're taking but it's certainly not a sign that you're doing the right thing in particular no <laughs> vitamin c will boost your immunity no. So again, just being conscious that vitamin C is used up quickly in immune responses, but there is no data at all to say that vitamin C supplementation on a regular basis will prevent any kind of viruses or illnesses. Gummy vitamins provide the most nutrients. Definitely false. They contain the least because they have to make them taste good and vitamins don't taste good. So <laughs> no, definitely false. <laughs> Men should supplement to aid fertility. Oh, in some cases, some of the time that might be useful, but not necessary for everybody. Let's face it, there's plenty of babies in the world that have been made by men who don't supplement. So let's not worry about that too much. Yes. <laughs> um, the more vitamins you take, the healthier you will be. Nope, we have absolutely no data to support that. Um, even at sort of population, really strong population level data shows that people who supplement every day with a multivitamin don't necessarily live longer or have less disease than people who don't. So no, no data to support that. Vitamin B does the same as vitamin B12. So vitamin B, there's like, I think, nine different <laughs> B vitamins. And so they're all different and do very different jobs in our bodies. And I think if we actually sort of traveled back to when we started to discover to discover B vitamins, we would probably say we probably shouldn't group all these together because they're very different. <laughs> but that's what's yeah. happened. So just know certainly B12 and other B vitamins are all very different, doing different jobs. So really important to be aware of that. You're so right. Why on earth did we call them all B vitamins? Like just the number <laughs> it just makes no sense. Um, right. Natural means a product is always safe to take. No, definitely not. And I think there's a real trend towards natural as a term. And I work with some companies who say we want it to be as natural as possible. And we just have to be mm -hmm. conscious about what that means and what the consumer mm -hmm. interprets from that. But no, natural doesn't necessarily mean better. And we've got some interesting supplements coming through at the moment that claim to be th things like food grown and things like that. But that actually means that you can't guarantee what's in them. So particularly for things like preconception and wanting to have enough folic acid, you just yeah. need to be careful of those kinds of things because there's no guarantee of what's in there. Thank you for using that as an example because that is everywhere at the moment. Um, taking vitamins will detox you. No. In fact, it's going to increase your toxin <laughs> levels if you want to call them that because your body's got to work hard to excrete them and they're going to build up and your body's got to work on removing them. So actually, no, there's, that's going to be like not necessarily more harm than good in all cases, but taking vitamins is certainly not a detoxing thing. Protein pills will have an immediate effect on your muscle. Oh, I wish that was true. No, sadly not. Um, unfortunately, we, obviously, we still have to do all the work. We still have to push the, push the weights in order to grow the muscle. So there's no data that says that just taking protein pills in particular. I mean, protein pills, it's so hard to get a good dose of protein in there anyway. Yeah. So no, nothing to support that. And the last question, vitamin from IV drips will circulate in your system faster than nutrients when you're eating food. So they definitely will. But you're also essentially force feeding your body levels of nutrients that you probably don't need. And the risks massively outweigh the benefits. So if anyone who's ever worked in a hospital has seen IV drips go wrong, and when they do, it's incredibly painful, can be disfiguring. 
um, and cause all sorts of really nasty problems, including infections. So really nobody should ever be putting vitamin drips into anybody outside of an emergency clinical situation. And I cannot wait for those stupid companies to all be shut down because there's been deaths already, about four or five <gasps> deaths reported in newspapers, many, many more behind the scenes. So have there? I didn't know there had been deaths. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's <gasps> been a grandmother who died because someone, um, yeah, people, like hairdressers oh. in the back of their cars are carrying around IV vitamins and then hooking people oh. up in their living rooms. My it's God. so dangerous. Sophie, thank you. That, that was a wonderful fact or fiction round um, and disturbing, actually, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's left me with a very um, sombre kind of um, thought, actually, because we wrap up with a food for thought, as you know, every time at the end of the episode. And I think mine would have to be that this is no laughing matter supplements. Um, and although, you know, I've had a good giggle with Sophie in the episode today and, you know, as health professionals, it, it, it can get very draining. But also it's so concerning. Like Sophie said, this has caused deaths, people using vitamins incorrectly in the wrong way. And... Most people just don't need to take the amount that they're probably taking. And yes, it can enhance a diet for some, but it won't cover the cost of an imbalance or you're not eating in the right way forever. There's so much more to diet, as Sophie said in this episode, than just popping a pill. And I think the natural claim is one I'm really going to focus on for my take-home message today is that you know, I'm seeing a lot of it. Oh, it's more natural. It's more natural. Therefore, it's better for you. It's just vitamins. Taking anything in a pill form is not natural to begin with. That eating food is the natural thing to do. So you have to expect a level of man-made intervention in the first place if you choose to supplement. So it needs to be medically correct. Um, but that's that's my food for thought is to see a see a GP, a registered dietitian or nutritionist. Um, and Sophie, what would be your take-home message today, your food for thought? This is your jam, your area. <laughs> so I would say just really remember that anyone, that message, anyone can design a vitamin supplement and start selling it. And if they're a celebrity or someone who has a following, it's very easy for them to get good traction behind that. So just because it's selling, just because it's popular, doesn't mean it's safe or appropriate for you. And also just remember that it's really important to spend your money on your food and on your lifestyle. So no amount of vitamin and mineral supplementation can un outrun uh, too much stress. It can't outrun too much uh, of the wrong kinds of exercise, for example. It can't outrun not enough exercise. And no vitamin supplements or powders or whatever else you're taking can outrun a, a, an imbalanced diet. So really focus on diet and lifestyle first. And if you still think supplementation is going to be useful to you, then speak to somebody about it and see what would be best for you in terms of a regimen. Don't just buy everything that you, you feel has a good marketing campaign behind it. Absolutely, Sophie. Absolutely. Um, for our listeners to find out more about the work you do, where can they head over to find out more? So um, my socials are all at Sophie Dietitian. I'm pretty easy to find in that arena. And my website is citydietitians.co.uk where you can find about, about our clinics and all the work that we're doing there. Amazing. Sophie, you're a fountain of knowledge in this area. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're so busy. Um, it's been a delight. I've loved chatting with you. Thank you for coming on Food for Thought. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
If you've all enjoyed Food for Thought, you're going to love what's coming up. We've got so many amazing episodes. So if you're not already, make sure you subscribe because that way it will just pop up and tell you it's ready for you to listen to every single Monday. And it would be brilliant if you have time to leave a review. I know now and understand that these reviews of how you feel the podcast goes or if you learn anything from it can help other people reach it and hopefully they'll be able to take a lot away from it too. So for more information about my best-selling book, The Science of Nutrition, The Retrition Clinic, if you want to book in and get some advice, healthy recipes, and so much more, please go and visit retrition.com. And I really can't wait to share this with you. Retrition Plus is finally here, my new supplements company that puts science to work for your well-being. Finally, we offer folic acid sprays, vitamin D sprays, and a vegan multivitamin. So just head over to to retritionplus.com and you can follow me at retrition on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.